0: Okay, let's talk about our quirks. So everybody listening, please take a second to think about what your quirks might be, consider what, what they are, and just probably take the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't think about it too hard. Like just probably one or two, just like, okay, this comes into your mind, okay? And maybe it's like something that you secretly like. Maybe it's something that you're into, like, you know, sexual kink perhaps or something like that, or maybe it's just something that doesn't quite fit into society's image, but now, think of how that feels. That that first quirk that kind of came into your head. How does it feel? And I'm going to take a guess that it probably doesn't feel real great. It probably feels like you're not totally comfortable with it. Um, so you might feel like it. You know, it makes you different from other people or something like that, or that it, maybe it's like unappealing or unattractive or annoying. I would have to say with myself, I probably would be like, uh, some of my quirks are probably annoying. Um, so there's likely this part of us that really is not comfortable with these things, okay? So while we may feel this way internally, like that's not like how we're defined. So chances are that there's probably nothing really wrong with your quirk. So if you think about it, like, does your quirk hurt anybody? You know, is it unsafe? Probably not, you know? Uh, and on, so on today's show, we're gonna like walk through like what quirks really mean, you know, what they are, how to embrace them, and then the other cool part about is like, you know, sharing them, like what makes, what about our quirks really makes us more attractive. So we're going to teach you how, like, how to leverage these different parts of yourself so you can be more authentic with like who you are, but then also how to like use these quirks that you have to like press those buttons, those attraction buttons in other people at the same time. Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help you seduce and connect the people you want so you can live the life you want. As sex-positive educators and volunteers serving our local Nashville Community Center, we found that some people were struggling to attract who they desired. So we developed Ethical Seduction as a pathway to help you create authentic connections with whomever you choose. Flirting and seduction skills matter. They're transformative, life-changing skills that benefit everybody around us. So thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Steven. And today I'm here with my fellow sexy, kinky, fun relationship educators, Brandy and Ava. Woo.
1: Woo. Di- woo. Brandy is not a woo girl. I'm not a woo well, girl. That's good. Oh, that's a good win. Yeah, no, that was nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> that,
0: Thank you. Yeah, that was. That was. Try it on that All right. How are you all? Everybody good? Good. Brandy sounds like she's very good. <laughs> So when when I was doing the intro there, you know, and you guys maybe thought about your your quirks or whatever kind of came to mind, like like how do you feel about your quirks? Like whatever was like in your head at the moment.
1: Apologetic.
2: Like I find myself apologizing Afraid for my quirks. Afraid that I'm annoying people and that mm-hmm. the right people will love me regardless and will probably find mm-hmm. my my quirks cute. But Mm -hmm. like most people are probably going to be maybe kind
0: of annoyed.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Ava, I'm with you. I I really think that's probably my I don't even know if one came to my mind. It's just that I can accidentally be annoying, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's that's how I probably tend to think of myself. Mm. But, yeah.
2: Isn't it interesting how he doesn't express a need to feel apologetic for potentially like annoying people? And for me, mm. I'm like, I'm constantly
0: fighting the urge to apologize yeah. for being like yeah.
2: inconvenient.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: It's a, I yeah. mean. I can be apologetic though. If I do something and I'm dumb about it or an ass, I didn't say that you no. couldn't.
2: I just found it yeah. interesting that Brandy expressed the need to apologize and I fight the the, the uh, uh. urge to apologize and you didn't bring it up. It just, it's not a thing. Like, this is this just
0: how I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I will say, I think I have trained myself on this. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast. You know, it's like, I feel like I've worked through this stuff and now years and years and years ago, right? So there was definitely a time period where um, I was not as comfortable with where I am, I guess now. But I do kind of feel like now I'm kind of like, The other, I don't know. And we were talking about this in the last show. It's like, I get positive feedback. You guys give me enough positive feedback. I feel like you all like me anyway. So even if I do something annoying, I'm like, eh, they'll be on a future show. They like me enough to do this again, you know, and so. You have confidence
2: that
1: you are mm -hmm. enough. And you also seem to be able to maybe say, uh, not that you don't care. But you, you care less than maybe what I, how much I care about my quirks or unusualness.
0: Well, and this is actually a good point. I hadn't thought about this, but with quirks, it's like, I don't think I can help it. Mm -hmm. You know, like the annoying part, like sometimes I'm going to just drive a person nuts, you know, not intentionally or whatever, but it's like I will make something silly or Mm -hmm. whatever, right? That and it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't turn that off. I mean, I can be aware of it. I can try to reduce it, but I'm also sort of like, this is just kind of who I am and I have to just be okay with that and roll with it. And so I can, I can look at it and be like, you know, I can be annoying. Like I know I can be annoying at times. Um, I, I do have to just accept that. And I guess and move on and try to be conscious of it as best I can, but I'm not going to be able to make it go away.
2: You mentioned that you weren't always this good at it, right? Like if you look far enough back in your life, there was a time where you may have struggled mm-hmm. with that. Is that right?
0: Uh yeah, because the annoying thing, and I know when I've done a lot of classes and I introduce myself about stuff like that, I'll be like, i I used to be really fucking annoying, okay? And I was not aware of it. Could not see it, didn't did not understand it at all, right. And then you go through this period of time where you, all of a sudden you can see it and then it sucks, right? Because it's like you don't know how to deal with it or fix it or anything like that. But um you, but you can just see it and then you then I slowly, Worked on it. You know, there's just like little aspects. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Like, that's not, it doesn't benefit me. You know, if I'm annoying, say to you, Ava, it's harder on you. It ends up not benefiting me. You know, so it's kind of like, okay, get it in check. And then usually it's like, why? What did I do that was annoying? Right. Which could be like talking over top of you.
2: I mean, you do like topping. So like,
1: I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like when you had that revel, when you had that revelation about, you being annoying or whatever did you not stop did you stop for a second back like, oh my gosh I feel so bad for all the people I annoyed before even knowing I was annoying them like there was it was there any of that because that's kind of apologetic yes. too
0: oh yes okay okay yeah no I did that so no my one of my things I think of like my annoyingness was when I was younger um wanting I wanted this is kind of like subconsciously you want to be liked, right? So you're going out of your way and you're kind of like overdoing things to be liked, you know, or to be right? you know, then be smart about something. I want people to think that I know things, right. Then you're, I don't want to say know it all, but it's like, it would be like not the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, this is about the other person. I don't need to step in and start talking about me. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I still wrestle with that, you know? But, um, so I think that's where like, once I was aware of that, then yes, I felt bad. And then you just work to not do it as much.
2: Yeah. I I want to bring up a point that I think is really important. And also, I think I'm afraid that it might annoy you. And also, I just feel like picking on you a lot tonight, Steve. I haven't seen you in a minute. <laughs>
0: are you ready? Steven, do you yes. feel like you are in yes. a good
1: place to be picked on tonight? Or do
2: you need a supportive I'm taking a deep breath.
0: I'm taking, I'm ready. Okay. Do, you, do you feel okay. safe ready. enough ready. right now? <laughs> Compliment sandwich, baby. Compliment sandwich. So,
2: it's, I I, I want to go back to that thing about like feeling apologetic for the things that we anticipate maybe annoying about ourselves or, or these supposed quirks or whatever. Right. Because there's, there's two things in here that I want to pick on you for Stephen, And they're not things that you can help. They're just things that are. So know that I love you. When I say this, you are older and you are whiter than I am. And as a result, you have more life experience than I do. It means that you've been working Mm -hmm. on these things more than I have, much longer than I have. And also when you look through the lens of like gender roles, people that grow up as girls, women that identify as female, Mm -hmm. really have it ingrained in us from the very beginning to meet other people's expectations Mm -hmm. and to serve others and to show up for others right Mm -hmm. maybe nobody verbatim taught us that but we're taught that in so many different gender roles and norms just like in society and in the media that it's Mm -hmm. it's there like it's part of our reality Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: i wonder how much that how steeper the hill is for us to climb compared to you
0: Oh, well, that's a good point. Okay, that wasn't picking on me. I didn't it. Like I thought you were going to pick on me, but uh, oh, you mean no, I, need to try I harder? That you're right. mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't really about me, but that was more about situation, right? So I do think, like, yeah, no, that's a you probably would have a harder uphill climb. Um, yeah, I get lucky. I mean, I really do. You know, it's like things have not. I mean, I've had an easy life in many respects. Okay, but um, I don't know, we all wrestle with our own little things. But yes, I think it would probably be harder. When you're taught, like I'm going to say as a woman that, you know, you're supposed to always appease or whatever other mm-hmm. people, you got you have to learn that that is not true. Mm-hmm. You don't have to always do that, right? And I do think you're right. Like, you know, men, like we're taught like no, you know, whatever. I don't even know what to say. That
2: you don't need to be apologetic when you're annoying mm-hmm. or that you don't you, need to pay well, attention for it as much.
0: You mm-hmm. should be apologetic if you're annoying, but you should say it and move and move on, not beat yourself up. You know, Mm -hmm. the the beating yourself up is, is that's where the issue is. I mean, unless that's your kink, you know,
2: Hmm.
0: well, it is. I mean, actually it plays into (laughs) it. It does play into them, you know?
2: Okay. That's all.
0: So, Okay. So about kinks. So like most of us feel like we, you know, I think with a quirk that we have about kinks, (laughs) it's on on my mind. Okay. It's going to be one of those podcasts. Okay. So with quirks. Okay. So most of us, I think like, you know, we, we, we look at ourselves like, oh, we are quirky in these certain ways. Right. And very often we kind of look at them as like negative and we often try to hide them. And I think a lot of times it's because there's this part of us that feels like a little shameful about what these things are, Uh, which that's interesting to me right there because it's like, why do we feel that? You know, why do we feel shameful? But anyway, um, and then, you know, we see this all the time, like in the kink community uh, where, you know, we meet people and they're really hesitant at first, like tell us anything that they like, you know, they might, they might come out, but they're really nervous about it. Right. And you can really see it there. It's not, I don't know, again, I'm maybe not use the word shame, but they're very, they keep it very private to themselves. And we are very respectful of that. That's one of those things that, you know, we understand like this shit can be kind of scary. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but what'll happen, and I know, I think I probably did this some, is like you bury the stuff down inside you. For a long time, right? And it almost can like fester in there. So when we have people come out like to the club and they're like interested in something, you know, that's one of the things I think we try to not, not straight like draw it out of the people, but it's like we are trying to create a safe environment where people can be comfortable enough to kind of open up about like what they're into, what their quirks are, what they like, you know? And then usually one of the things that's really nice about us, is it's like, we all have our stuff, right? So everybody's usually excited when we find out, Oh, this person's like into whatever. It's not, it, it's not a bad thing. It's like, we're actually genuinely excited about that, you know? So, so I guess that's the kind of the, the a good, a good side of things, but we see it all the time in people. And I do want to kind of emphasize that I I recognize that if we bury the stuff inside of us, it can be really bad. You know, we have this quirk, this thing that we like that, you know, and and a lot of times there is nothing wrong with it. It's not dangerous to people. It's not hurting people. It's just something that we like, but it's maybe is not socially normal. And therefore we think we're weird and we, you know, we bury it down. And, and that's what we don't want to be happening. Right. So, um, You know that's what we're going to wrestle with on today's show is how to kind of turn like look at that stuff differently and how to use it to where makes you attractive because it 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 can. So I found this definition in the Cambridge Dictionary, and you know normally I read these things and I don't really like these definitions or they're just kind of not the best. This one I love. Okay, so I just have to come. So Cambridge Dictionary, what is a quirk? The quality of being unusual in an attractive and interesting way that was it you know and i thought like that is fucking awesome like that is exactly how we want to think about our quirks okay so that is the cambridge dictionary it's only one dictionary um but it did but i did think like that's how that's a much better way to kind of think about it you know it's like you have this little thing that's maybe different about you or whatever but it's like it's unusual attractive and interesting and interesting is really kind of a good way i think to kind of start reframing and reviewing what quirks are
1: i don't identify as my quirks as attractive it almost that diff- is such an the,
2: interesting take
1: I, yeah that's an interesting take uh that seems like a a good take for people that don't apologize for their quirks um how am i <laughs> um but yeah no I, I do not identify them as attractive
0: So let me ask this. Okay. I was going to ask like what I do want to talk about, like with our quirks, what is good about them? What is bad? Like what's good and bad about quirkiness? Because it probably is sort of both sides maybe. So is that, uh, does that feel like it rings true for you all? What do you mean true both sides?
2: I mean, I think of quirks as being different. This is something that most people don't do. I do a thing that makes me stand out Mm -hmm. and gosh, I hope people aren't annoyed by it. It feels Mm -hmm. risky to be different in this way. That is why it feels quirky. Yes.
0: And it's risky because it doesn't fit society's standards, society's norms.
2: Societies are just the people that are around me.
1: To me, it, it, it creates a situation where I can take up space. And it's a space I don't want to necessarily take up. So it draws attention to me. Um, like if I just say, I'm really craving some peanuts, like that might just be the way I am. But then I have created, I've caused this attention and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't really want the attention. I was just wanting to say, i crave peanuts. And then someone be like, peanuts sound really good right now. Like, it's it's just a weird
2: energy. There's an example that I can think of. Like, if... So I have not been, I have not shaved my legs in, I don't know, like three years now, probably. I stopped it. And actually recently I stopped shaving my underarms too, which for the longest time I thought would make me really uncomfortable and turns out it doesn't. So that's cool. But however, <laughs> that's not the point. Um, The point is, um, it's weird to talk about that or to highlight that in my workplace, in my professional mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 other women in on my team that... Um, you know, if you would ask any of them, they're like, oh yeah, no, I won't leave the house without shaving my legs. I won't do date night without shaving my legs. Right. And for me, it's like, oh, it's been a few years. I don't like, that's not a thought in my mm-hmm. head anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you go somewhere where it's normalized, like our kink community space, the mark, where that's pretty normal for a lot of people, not everybody, but enough other people, particularly like female identifying people don't shave their legs, don't shave their body hair, that it's normal. It doesn't feel like a quirk in that space
0: mm-hmm. but it
2: sure as hell feels like a quirk at my job
0: mm-hmm. and and it's not a quirk at the at the kink club the mark mm-hmm. because it's bot we're body positive right mm-hmm. and so i think that's why probably you and others are kind of like this is who i am mm-hmm.
2: it's normalized right
0: right right yeah, it's normal, right. yeah. As, but you're like yeah like you're saying it's not necessarily at your day job yeah
2: at my day job yeah. it kind of makes me squirm that's what a quirk is. It doesn't necessarily have to be attractive, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: that's a good example. So, no, for a long time, I had some quirks that I I, I I identified and I knew I had them, but I tried to hide them. I tried to kind of fit in to society in a way, and this is just communication things, right? Fit into society in a way, and 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 that came off to a point where it just made it more exhausting to interact with others because I was trying to be a way I wasn't. And so then I started slowly calling attention to it or identifying it. Like, let me give an example. I have this way of this happened with a partner the other day. They were like, did you hear that M&M added a new purple M&M? and i was like i didn't hear that like did, when did they add it what is it a, what type of character is it and they and they they've learned to say brandy that's all i know about that like that's all i know about that i just know they added a new purple but i straight up was like well, do they have an official release video like is it is it a gender affirming like <laughs> what type of purple m&m is it and so I have a tendency to do that. And so I cre- I've created an environment that if I'm around people that aren't used to that, I'll just be like, just like, just tell me if you don't know any more information or if, if I've just kind of you know taken this a little too far because I can't identify that for myself because I get entirely too curious about these odd nuances. And then th- when they know that they are able to say, yeah, I don't know anything else about that. I'm like, okay. So then I know I can end the conversation. They have a way to end the conversation when I'm in one of those quirky spaces. And then we can just move on to the next thing. And it's not an odd, weird interaction.
0: I I don't think I've ever noticed that about you. So it's interesting.
1: Yeah. I try to, I, I mean, I try to really rein it in. Um, but that's oftentimes why if I, if I go on dates with new people, I learn so much about them and they learn nothing about me because I'm just asking all these questions and like tell me more. <laughs> and they're like, you need, to, you need to calm down. This is just a lighthearted question. And I get real serious about it. I'm like, I don't mean to like make it heavy. I just want to know more, but it can get heavy. But anyway, that, that whole small talk thing I struggle with.
2: I like that focus, though. Sometimes that focus can make really intimate conversations.
1: Yeah, but if, yeah, it, it has its bonuses, but if they weren't intending it in that I'm way. I'm sorry, did that feel like? No, it can definitely did that have feel like its, a
2: compliment. Did that make you uncomfortable?
1: <laughs> no, no, it just made me, again, quarks are hard to identify as a positive, but it definitely does have positives at times. But some people are like, Brandy, I just wanted, yeah. I just was trying to make conversation that there's a new color in M&M. And you just really, you know, spiraled with that, and I'm like, well, oh okay. right, god, well I'll look it up later then.
0: So, so I had uh, one one thing I was thinking about this is like, you know, we don't we don't like perfect people, you know, we just generally don't trust perfect people. We're kind of like that's not a thing, how we as human beings kind of are. And so if somebody's like coming across and they're like too put together, too per, like I think it, our suspicions often go mm. up. Okay. So uh, and so I think one of the things about quirks that can be, can be nice, right. Is it makes you more human and more relatable, right? You don't have to be perfect. And a quirk is not necessarily something bad. It's more just kind of unique or more individual to you. And it also shows off something that you'd like, we'll say, or or a habit that you are. But, uh, I, I was wondering about this. Okay. So if you all get approached by somebody, okay. Two, two different people, right. And say the first person comes up and they are that really almost like perfect person. Right. So they're, I don't want to say cocky exactly, but they have a lot of confidence and they just present themselves. Right. And they don't present anything wrong, nothing, no flaws, Whatever, you know, they're kind of okay versus being approached by somebody who is maybe more shy or nervous, or you know, as they come up and they're approaching you, it's not as well put together, okay? But I'm gonna, I think it's more on that authentic side of like who they are. I was curious to kind of hear, like, what are your thoughts about that? Because in some respects, I can see like confidence is attractive, you know, like I get that. But out of these two kind of characters, is one, are you? how do you feel towards them? Are you more apt to be maybe attracted or more open to a certain one than the other?
2: My, Listening to you explain all of this, Stephen, I think that the person that comes off as perfect kind of puts me on edge, like uh, they're arming versus disarming, whereas the person that I can see that they're shy or nervous or anxious or whatever, it's disarming because it's like, Oh, I'm not perfect. I know that I'm not perfect. I see that they're not perfect and I identify with that and it makes it easier. It makes it safer for me to kind of let my guard down and be a little bit more vulnerable. It feels safer to be vulnerable with that person because I can relate mm-hmm. to their struggles or I, mm-hmm. I interpret that I can relate to what I think their struggles are because I think I share them.
0: Mm-hmm what I love about th- that answer. Okay. So I, d- I didn't know how you all would answer And Brandy, I want to hear yours in a second. Okay. But Ava with, with that, um, the disarming part, right. So the person comes up, they're not necessarily perfect or whatever. Okay. But therefore you're feeling more comfortable and therefore you're going to lower your guard. Right. So one thought that I had this conversation with somebody doing the, the, the coaching sessions. Okay. Like they were making the comment about their, their, when I was asking, we're talking about like how this person's attractive, right? And they're like, oh, well, they were getting the feedback that people feel very comfortable around them, you know? And that this person was kind of like, whatever, like that's not super attractive. And I was like, actually, I was like, that's a huge skill, okay? Because when you go approach somebody or whatever, we all have our guard up, right? So now when you approach me or somebody else, you're going to make me feel comfortable and I'm going to drop my guard. And what is the point? The point is that, you know, we, we meet... And we start to want to try to figure out like who is this person you know what do we have you know what do we have like the shared interests and the common the the things that we have in common right well you're not going to find that out unless the person feels comfortable enough to drop their guard so as an attractive trait you know it really what you're doing i guess even in like this kind of concept is like you're allowing the other person to drop their guard which is doing, you're, you're working on like trust, you know, and gaining trust and being, being safe. But because the person is willing to drop their guard, they're open to you, right? That's where that this is like actually an attractive trait. You know, you're able to make people feel comfortable enough that they're willing to invest in you. They're willing to have those conversations. And in the way I kind of ask the question, the person who's coming in, who's maybe cocky, perfect, you know, all those things, your guard is up. And you're keeping your guard up because you're like, something's not right. And I don't feel safe dropping my guard. Right. So as far as when you go out to go meet people, you're probably better off to have some of those quirks. That's gonna, that's more human. And that's gonna let people feel more comfortable to where they're gonna be more open to like talking and be receptive to you than the perfect person. Now, Brandy, what what would you have said like between those two people? I mean, who are you more comfortable with? Who will you be more apt to be attracted to or want to know more about?
1: Yeah, I would be more comfortable with the, the second example than the first. I do want to mention, though, that someone that portrays himself as that confident, borderline, um, you know, elevated ego that might be attractive to some people. They might not see that. Like, if that's what they truly want is is that person, then that's fine. But I think that perception it get, makes it harder to make those connections, um, with, mm-hmm. with people quicker. Um, so I do want to acknowledge that there are some people that want that perfectly manicured person and that's, that's important to them. And, but that may, I think that makes it harder for them to be approachable and kind of break through that barrier somewhat uh, to really get to know the person.
2: I think there's also something to be said about matching energy or matching perception, right? Like I – um we we talk about this like in the poly community every once in a while in that like folks that have been practicing um, ethical non-monogamy for a long time and they're very experienced with it may not be interested in someone that is just starting out on their poly journey and just figuring it out because they don't want to be a teacher. They don't want to mm-hmm. have to hold your hand while you stumble and figure out how to walk and figure out all those things that like – yeah, I figured out all of those hard lessons way back when and I could help you with that. But maybe I want someone that can match my pace. And not that there's anything wrong with that, right? It's just mm-hmm. a mismatch. That's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and when you're looking at like social cues and approachability and how put together is someone or how perfect they look, you might want someone that can match a more polished vibe and match your perception of yourself. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that either. Like that's mm-hmm. a factor.
0: I do think we, we do want people that are put together well enough that, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, they're not going to embarrass us.
2: What's the first thing that I always say anytime that you start that topic of like, what do you look for in a person and a partner? First thing out of my mouth is always going to be they got to have their shit together mm. every single time. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Well, and if somebody, if they're if they're not, then they actually we tend there's part of us that tends to think of them as like a little bit of like a liability. You know, somebody who doesn't have a lot of social couth, who who good example could be somebody who is cocky. That's going to reflect on you too. You know, so it's like that weighs on us, and we're like, okay, you know, am I cool with being around with with this person or whatever? My gut feeling is like. You know, if we act authentic, like who we actually are, which means, and Ava, I've heard you say this, like, if you're talking to somebody and you're nervous, sometimes you just say like, hey, I'm sorry if I'm talking funny right now. I'm just a little bit nervous. Like, you just are calling it out, okay? Like, that is not a bad thing at all, right? So, what you're doing is you are being authentic. You're just kind of presenting it as it is. You're sort of saying, this is how I am. But I think that doing that, it kind of helps put people at ease because it lets them know like, you know, they they don't have to be perfect either, you know, and that you care enough about talking to them that you're taking this risk and you are nervous, but you wanted to talk to them anyway. So that that right there is also another attractive trait. that You cared enough to like take this risk mm-hmm. because this person was interesting enough to you that you wanted to go do it. And I don't think that's what we typically think of. You know, when we, t- the stereotype is like, oh, you've got people at a bar, you know, and it's like, you've got to walk up and you've got to be perfect or else you're going to get rejected. And that, I know that happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not whatever. Just, you let that person go, you know, Just it's don't like, care. Y- just don't care. Just don't That's care. Right. That's ethical <laughs> seduction. We don't care. Right. <laughs> 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 ethical, we don't give a fuck. We don't oh. care. <laughs> oh my God. We're rebranding, y'all. We
2: may or may not be distantly related to the honey badger. I'm just saying.
0: I don't know the honey badger. Honey badger don't honey care. Don't care. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't yeah. care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I think it can be, you know, it's, if you go into it authentically, even if you're nervous about the thing and the other person picks up on that. And Ava, I just love your stuff about like, well, you just kind of say, Hey, I'm nervous. You know, like that is not going to like be a strike against you, but you're being very human. It's going to help disarm that person. It's going to make them feel comfortable. Um, and they're gonna see you're you're actually doing something brave and you're taking a chance and you think that and those are all attractive traits, like all those things are pressing those buttons. We always discount trust, you know. And so so often we're like, oh, I'm going into this situation to go talk to this person. What can I do to be attractive? What I feel like is probably better for most people is like, what can I do going to talk to this person to make them feel safe and comfortable with me? And if we press the trust buttons those trust buttons are really kind of the same thing as the attraction buttons. Cause if you don't have the trust, you don't have anything. We've talked about that before, you know, but so that's, it's just, I think it's a good way to kind of get in there and get the conversation going. And that's really all you're doing at first. If you're just meeting somebody.
1: I think I want to point out two different things here in your examples. You have the one example that seems like the uber confident, well put together person, like just, But that I think offers the opportunity for you to try to disarm them. And then you have the person, the second example that already that maybe more easily presents as disarmed. And what I mean by that, like I have had dates with people where they show up and I'm like, you, you, just, we just, you just need to cool your jets a little bit. And I will reach over, like, you know, if I give the example, reached over and untucked their perfectly tucked in shirt, I'm like, that's a little bit better, right? Like, I, it puts the opportunity on me in a nice way to try to disarm them and be like, we can just be comfortable here. Like, what you, you know, are you, what, is there a hole in your perfect sock right now? Like, what is, what's up? Um, and so that, that confidence can also come off as, like their shell and their comfort level when they're actually still insecure or maybe trying to, to hide that. Um, And I've never honestly had a negative reaction from, from someone if it's done in the right way to try to disarm them. And you can be like, well, you're just looking too perfect. There's something here. Like just it, it it almost puts the ball in your court more to find those ways to, to make them comfortable um, versus the other people already maybe come into the situation and make that a little bit easier. That's all. Does that make sense?
0: Interesting.
2: You know, Brandy, you, you mentioned like if it's done the right way and like, while you yeah. were telling that story, I was thinking like, yeah, but what if I was on a date with a guy and I was really nervous and he tried to untuck my shirt, I would flip out. Right. Like if it's done the right way, that, I yeah, think that context is done really done. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So I thought this, okay, which I would too. I'd be like, what? Like, that would be a little bit weird to me. Yeah. Brandy, you'd have me nervous, man, if you're trying to uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think, but I think this you're, I think, you tell me if I'm wrong. I think you're doing that with the person who is too. Yeah on the more of that cocky side too uptight okay so you're mm-hmm. challenging them mm-hmm. you're actually being like i i'm calling you on your shit i'm mm-hmm. gonna fuck up your shirt <laughs> right to see how you deal with this yeah, okay just, so if it was somebody that comes in you're not going to do that to the person that's coming in that's uh, slightly nervous i don't see you doing that okay but i see you right. doing it to the person that is pretending mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. i i think it's a challenge the person that's yeah. trying too hard yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you try too hard, Wayne's going to call you on your shit. She's going to fuck up your shirt, I, right? I,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and I don't think that's a bad thing, to yeah. be honest, you know, because you're kind of like, you're not being authentic with me.
1: Right. Right. Is, so am I, think I misinterpreting I
0: just, any of no, this? No,
1: that was a correct interpretation. It's just, I wanted to, to call out that in my experience with those individuals, um, it's just offered an opportunity for me to, to be the one that has to disarm them in a nice, you know, consensual mm-hmm. way. Um, and that could just be the the way I form the conversation. It could be like, I'm just letting you know, at some point throughout this dinner, I'm going to either spill food on myself. There's going to be s- something in my teeth that you are responsible for telling me about. It is not going to be a perfect dinner. And there, and the <laughs> you can sign a contract before you sit down. Like just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. And, and and so it kind of it, it gives them. I've noticed just a visible sense of relief, and they kind of like kind of relax their shoulders, and it's more you having to put them at ease in those situations. That's all.
2: I'm gonna start accidentally on purpose spilling my drink on anyone that I go on a first date with, just to see how they handle it. Can you handle my clumsiness? Are you gonna shame me for it? <laughs> you
1: have to tell me if there's something in my teeth. Like if I go to the bathroom and I look, <laughs> and there's and you have not told me fail like we are anyway. Fail. <laughs> Automatic fail. fail. Fail.
0: So do it as a test, anyway. put something in your teeth and yeah. come back and see yeah. what they say.
1: Absolutely. That's it.
0: I mean, like i have to break up with you i have something in my teeth and you said nothing i can't, like, trust, I can't you. trust you like, like this relationship. I tr- is I tr- this is a trust
1: this is me being vulnerable i would rather you tell me if i have something in my teeth than the waitress or someone and me be talking to people and not know and you know and not tell me right. it's a huge deal anyway we're gonna get up the soapbox okay
2: i love <laughs> that so much no there was something i wanted to come back to from earlier Stephen, that you said about oh uh, let me see if i can remember the words now um You didn't say this, but the thought came up in my mind, it's feeling special. If somebody's going to walk up to me and express that they're feeling kind of anxious, but they're just gonna say this anyway, they're feeling kind of nervous, or this is weird, but we're gonna say it anyway, they're choosing to be vulnerable with me, a little tiny bit of vulnerability, and in turn, I feel special that they were willing to trust me with that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. they're doing something that's hard. They're doing it for me. This is hard for them, but like they're really trying to do it because, because I'm, I'm that important. I matter that much. They're that interested. I feel right. special, right? That creates that empathy and that like sense of specialness and like, Oh, you trusted me with this. Oh, I must be like valuable and important. Like this is a big deal if you're doing it for me.
0: Yeah. I, and that is like the best, yeah. right? That's the best feeling on both sides. Okay. If I trust you and, and you're feeling good about it, like that's great. But also I got to trust you with my secret or my, thing, you know, my, that moment where I was vulnerable, my quirk or something like that. So yeah, I feel like it's, I love it when people do that, you know? I, and I, and that's, I do want to say that like for listeners, like it's very often worth, taking that little risk you know because when you see that the person has your back and especially when you're when you make yourself vulnerable most of the time the other person recognizes it and they're kind to you because they recognize it as that gift you know and as you trusting them and it's i think probably weird that somebody would just like slap you know Mm -hmm. not be be abusive to you that doesn't happen very much you know it's our fear but i think the reality is like no we it gets recognized like what we're doing and people value it and it is strong it is strong it really helps make a good connection really helping.
2: We're all, we're all afraid of that, the pain of that rejection, right? So none of us want to, even if the answer is no, even if someone approaches me about a date and my answer is no, because I'm ultimately not interested, I'm not going to do it in a way that's cruel because I wouldn't want someone Mm -hmm. to do that to me, right? Like none of us want rejection. We all know how painful that can be. None of us are going to slap you down as hard as we possibly can. That's not a thing. Unless, I don't know, you're in high school in Hollywood or something. Maybe, I don't know.
0: Uh, Isn't high school in Hollywood the same thing? Mm. I mean- Okay, going on. Sure. But okay. so uh, so last time, last podcast we were doing, I was like, "A vulnerability is like in every single thing we do." Well, it, it's. I feel like it's here again. Yeah. Because to me, you know, like, you know, what does all this mean? Okay, I'm going to say, you know, what? Is, let's summarize some stuff. You know, what does all this quirkiness mean and all this kind of talk? Okay, so to me, it's like getting comfort. Like. Being unique, the things that make you special, okay, like just getting comfortable with those things, which that is the authenticity part, but getting comfortable, which is not easy to do, with those quirks. Is attractive. So it's very similar to the last episode, which was on building confidence, you know, and we we're like, the building part is what is hard. You know, you can't just be confident. You have to work at it, and it does take practice, and you have to learn to be okay at taking a risk and it not maybe working, you know, and that's what the confidence part was. And I think this is very similar, where it's like just learning to be authentic, to like yourself, and to be like, this is who I am. If the other person doesn't like me, the new ethical seduction slogan is like, we don't give a fuck, you know, which that sounds horrible mm-hmm. to say. What are, it's not, <laughs> we don't give a fuck. I don't care. The other person does not like you. I don't care. Like that's, a, that's the new ethical seduction slogan.
1: Well, I think this also pings on the idea, Stephen, that if you're not comfortable with quirks and, or you're trying to hide them, that that's only going to get you so far with a certain person because eventually that quirk is going to show or or you're going to have you know Mm -hmm. be put in a position to to discuss it or talk about it or reveal it even and so the more authentic you can be from the beginning the better you're gonna be in finding those connections that you want i I know it's harder said than done
2: but yeah if it's gonna be a deal breaker
1: yeah if they're not okay with your quirks yeah
2: if it's gonna be a deal breaker eventually yeah why not find out right away
0: yeah. And I think the takeaways that I had for this too is like, you know, just try opening up with people, like just, you know, listeners, just try opening up, share with the people, you know, like how you act, like the things that are unique about you and special, you know, and see, see how they react, Okay. but those things very often, if you hide them, you're not taking advantage of them, you know, and it's like, they're going to come up anyway. So if you can just be comfortable, just be yourself, like, you know, you don't have to be perfect, but that's going to be good. It's going to be disarming. It's going to be nice. Um, And then just imagine like how you'd feel like if you get to be yourself and that this is why people like you, you know, that, that is like the best feeling when you don't have to hide anything when you can be yourself. So again, it's almost a little bit like maybe like a test we'll say of like, no, you're going to be yourself. And if the person doesn't treat you well, you know, if they're not okay with that, then you don't, you're not going to want to be around them. You know, like you want to be comfortable. You deserve to be comfortable with the people that you're, that you're around. Damn right. I love that. So yeah, just, I would say like, just embrace that, the quirkiness part, especially again, if it's not hurting people, if it's not, you know, it's just, that's more something that is just kind of uniquely you, uh, learn to laugh at it a little bit, you know, like, I don't, God, I guess that's what I try to do with the annoying parts that I can do. It's like, maybe I shouldn't laugh at them or whatever, but it's like, they're not the end of the world, you know, but if you can kind of laugh at yourself and think that's, this is who I am, you know, then that maybe makes it easier for us anyway. Uh, And then last thing, practice. This is, again, one of those things that if you, the more you do it and and the more you're in those uncomfortable situations and just kind of get used to it, the easier it gets. So the more you kind of like practice sharing those things that are special about you and you get that feedback, the more positive feedback you get, you're going to be more comfortable with it, you know, more and more. So the more you can kind of do that authenticity, you can't just learn it overnight. You know, again, it's like it develops over time. And again, it's practice and then. I just keep coming back. Vulnerability, us getting comfortable with our own vulnerability, that is the secret. Vulnerability is where all the strength is. For those of you who are interested, we have the guide for connecting conversations, which is my say ten page PDF that I've put together. That is all about conversations. It is uh, more of a general overview, but the idea is to give you concepts and ideas so that when you're in your conversations, you have certain you can use some of the tools and stuff that are in there. So it does go into like open ended questions, and I've learned this about okay, open ended questions are not about the question. When you ask an open-ended question, what you're really doing is helping the person think a little bit deeper about what they said, which I love. And I actually found when you do that, if, you know, if if you're having a conversation and you ask that open-ended question and that person has to think a little deeper, then they end up thinking, oh, you're really interesting. Like, you made me think about, you know, and that's kind of, so... It's got little tips like that as an example, but that is free. That is on the website, ethicalseduction.com. Anybody who wants it, like I say, it's maybe just about 10 pages. And then anybody who's interested in doing one-on-one coaching calls, we've got that set up too. The idea there is that it's more specific for you Um, you, instead of... we've all work on ourselves i mean it's something we promote a lot on this but you know doing the coaching calls the idea is like maybe it's a little bit faster and easier more directed to have the help that way so for those of you who are interested you can schedule something on the website you like today's show please remember to follow us so you get future episodes we're on all the different podcast players so whichever one you're on and if you're on apple and you would mind taking a couple minutes to give us a rating or even a review reviews are wonderful because we get the feedback it helps us make better shows uh, we can we, we do read what people write on there
2: my quirk is getting attention please rate us give me attention tell me how much you love me
0: Love it, Ava. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, if we're also on social media, so if you're on Instagram, Facebook, FetLife, Reddit, you can find us any on any of those places at Ethical Seduction. So, uh, thank you. This is two episodes in a row that the three of us has done, which has been really, really nice. So
2: we all survived. Yeah,
0: (laughs) survived. (laughs) We all flourished. (laughs) So, no, thank you, and thank you, thank you, everybody listening. Thanks, y'all.
2: Bye. Bye.